today. If you have your Bible, I want you to take your Bible and stand up and hold your Bible above your head. Bear witness of God's Word. I want you to hold it high. I want you to look around and see the Word of God, see the presence of the Word of God. Look at that. It's a beautiful thing. You may be seated, please. I want you to turn in your Bibles today, if you will, to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Romans chapter 1. So those two places we'll start with, and then later on we'll be in John chapter 8, if that's where the Spirit leads us. God overwhelmingly convicted me of something. As Miss Sherry speaks, uh, yes, you may come in here and it may have something that speaks to you or that rings your bell, as she's saying, or steps on your feet. But understand that in being able to know what to preach first, I have to preach it to me. I'm not preaching it to somebody else. If I preach it to me, it'll hit somebody else. And, and so I've been struggling with this subject that's been on my mind. Uh, it, it becomes prevalent the more you talk to people and look around in society. But when God affirms the subject that you're going to speak about, it's almost like he gives you this great green light. And he gave me this green light early this week, and then it was reaffirmed later on. So I am giddy. I'm excited about being able to preach it. Now understand, Dale, when I got through with the first service and got back there, he said, hey man, they're going to send you to jail. But here's what I want to say. If the truth if the truth is stood for, and that's where you end up, then you, you still have to preach the truth. Nothing on me, no glory to me. I want to talk to you today about the truth, the truth about believing a lie. I'm going to give you the truth about believing a lie. So we're going to talk a little bit about lying today and about the truth. And I realized that this was, a, this was a big bunch of stuff as I began to research and study and found more and more. And then it became to where, hey, there's a hundred pounds of stuff that I've got to put in a, a ten pound sack here. So we'll probably speak about it a couple of times. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I want to paint the picture for you. If you read the beginning of that chapter, here's what happens. All of a sudden you begin to realize, okay, what he's talking about are the last days. The last days. And he said when these last days are come, he said, listen, the returning of Jesus, it can't happen first unless some other things happen. It says there'll be a great falling away. And he describes this falling away and leads up even to where he begins to give a description about the Antichrist that's going to come. This Antichrist is going to come and present himself as Jesus, as, as Jesus who sets himself. And he begins to talk about this. And as he gets later on and, and goes down through there, because we're not going to cover all of that today, I want you to get to 2 Thessalonians. And I want you to, to read with me this verses 10 through 12, because he's talking about, okay, he's going to come and he's going to deceive all of us. But he's going to try to deceive those people who are not saved, who've rejected the truth, Okay. It says in verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, that would be the lost, because they received not the love of the truth. And that's a big deal. They received not the love of the truth. Now, God's going to give us the truth, always the truth, right? But it's the love of the truth. Well, say here this morning, we sang those songs with the youth, and we're talking about the love of God. Listen, he did leave the 90 and 9 to come find me and to come find you, right? That's an overwhelming indescribable love, right? But 
Everybody doesn't accept that love. He says in verse 10, he says, With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they should believe a lie. And then in Romans chapter 1, we read that Paul was speaking frankly. In verse 18, he began to talk about the wrath of God being revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. He had already said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation. He talked about the gospel that you could receive. But if you choose not to, if you choose not to believe it, he said, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So here we talk about truth again. God's going to give you the what? truth, right? And we hear that even in 2 Thessalonians what he's talking about is they received not the truth, the truth of love, the way of salvation. They didn't receive it. So he said because they hold the truth in unrighteousness, meaning they have the truth, but they choose not to believe it. Because that which may be known of God is manifest to them, for God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood of the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so, that they, so that, that they are without excuse. And what he's basically saying is that God puts into every human being a sense of right and wrong. It's innate. It comes with us. You say, well, I thought we have a, a flesh nature. We do. But God is saying that man is without excuse because God reveals himself to man. And he lets us know, even these children who are at this age, they have a sense of what is right and what is wrong. Now, it can be skewed by where they're taught, but when a child goes up and hits another child, they usually run and hide. When they take something that doesn't belong to them, they take it and hide it because they know it's what? It's wrong. They have a sense of it. So he says, even with inside of us, but here's what's happened to a lot of people in society. And he says in verse 22, they're professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. And they change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like of corruptible men, and to birds and the four footed beast and creeping things. Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a what? Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. And then the Holy Spirit said, Amen. What happened? See, he was showing us and Paul was speaking. He said, within us, we have this capacity to know what's right and wrong, but then choose that we can determine our own right and wrong. And in that capacity, you can see that man begins to worship himself, the creation, instead of the creator. He already said, well, listen, he, cho he chooses birds or four-footed beasts, just like people that worship any other thing. He decides what he wants to worship. Well, what happens? They begin to change the truth of God into a lie. They begin to say, this is what we need to worship. This is, is what we need to go by. Now, here's what happens, and you'll see this prevalent. It says, for this cause gave, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. 
And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one towards another, men with men, working that which was unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient, meaning not right. So, I want to start by telling you what we're being told within these two, two sections of Scripture. 2 Thessalonians, Romans 1. God gives us an opportunity to hear the truth. Right? Amen. He's given you one today. He's giving everybody an opportunity to hear the truth. But if you reject the truth and choose to believe a lie or change the truth of God into a lie, then at some point God says, I have loved you. I've given you this gift of love, which is the truth that will get you to me. But if you reject it, then there will be a point to where I will give you over to live in the lie that you want to live in. And you see this even in society today. You know, immediately it begins to talk about, hey, I'll give you over to your own vile affections. He's talking about homosexuality. He's saying we're men with men and women are with women. I mean, this is what he's talking about. Okay, you can't talk about that, Pastor. This is not popular, today, but this is the truth. He's saying I'll give you over to that to where your mind is so skewed that you'll begin to change the truth of God into a lie, and then you'll accept it. Is society doing that today? He's doing that today. Well, who's behind this lie? The devil's behind this lie. So I want to start with asking you a couple of questions, and then we'll come full circle. Don't know how much we'll get through. I sort of went off track this morning in the early service, and I don't know what I preached and what I didn't preach as far as notes-wise goes, but I know I preached what he told me to preach. You see, you put it all in, and you study it, and you put it in this blender, and then you trust God to let it come out, right? But I want to ask you a series of questions to start with this morning. First of all, listen, and if you can understand this, if you can get to the point to where you can leave here today and apply this to you, listen, it'll change your life. Because I want to tell you the truth about believing a lie. The first part is, sometimes we don't even know ourselves. And I want you to, to understand yourself. Don't be thinking about the person beside of you. Let me ask you, how many people in here today, I want to start by asking, how many people would rather hear the truth? Do you want to hear the truth? Yeah. All right. How many people in here today would rather hear a lie? So we always would rather hear what? Truth. Okay. Now, second question. Would you rather believe something that someone told you that is true, or would you rather believe a lie? Would you rather believe somebody, something that somebody told you that was true, or would you rather believe a lie? Let me know. True. You don't want to be lied to, and you don't want to believe something and then find out, man, that wasn't true, right? So that's what we think about ourselves. Is everybody in agreement? That's what we think. Listen, we say we want to hear the truth, and of course we want to believe what's true. We don't want to be lied to. We don't want to believe a lie and then find out that we've believed a lie. But listen, I want to uncover something about us this morning. Of course, I uncovered it about myself, and so uh, because if I uncovered it about myself, then you're next, okay? Do you know that there is a part of us, a part of every one of us, that would rather hear a lie than the truth? You say, oh, no, not me, Pastor. Okay. All right. Do you know that there's a part of us that would rather believe a lie than believe the truth? 
It's in us. Now, I don't want you to take my opinion today. I want you to be able to take the source, the fallible source of God's word. And I want you to be able to see what he shows us today. Because I want you to consider a couple things to begin with. You see, actually there are more people that would rather believe a lie than the truth according to God. Not according to me, but according to God. God's told us that, you know, wide is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way to God, right? So there's more people that won't believe the truth about God. There's people that, that want to believe untruth. So where do we see this? We see it in those that refuse to believe that God is the only true and living God. You say, well, we believe that God's the only true and living God. Well, consider this. God spends a lot of time in His Word, even in the Old Testament, putting foundational truths down. Even when we take the Ten Commandments as a whole and be able to see that the first thing God wanted us to know that there is no other gods before Him, that we shouldn't worship anything that was made, that we should worship Him and Him alone, right? And as Jesus stated, Thou shalt have no other gods before Me. That's the first and greatest commandment. You should love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, right? So we know that He's supposed to be first. So that would be a truth of God's Word. But when we stop and say, for the sake of diversity and the sake of inclusion and the sake of tolerance that we will accept anybody that believes in any other God and we'll give them equal time to be able to promote their God just because it's the right thing to do, then understand what they're saying is a lie according to the truth. And if you go along with that lie, then not only are they lying, you're lying by going along no different than the children that went along with this lie that I was telling they were as guilty as me. So you have to stand against a lie. Now with that being said, understand that you'll have opportunities all the time and you're living in such a, such a volatile society to where if you were to go out and claim that there is only one God and one way to get to God, the only thing that, the only rule about that is that you can't say it, that anybody can say anything against that. They can say that you can come to God through, through uh, Buddhism, you can come to God through finding your inner self, your inner spirit, you can even be atheist and it's glorified, but you can't claim that there's only one God. So understand, something's happened, the truth has been changed into a lie, and then people have begun to accept it in the name of inclusion, in the name of saying, okay, we want to be able to let everybody represent. Sure, represent it, but don't glorify it. Don't be able to sensationalize it. Don't stand up and say, I can stand with this person. I'm going to talk to you about God, and they're going to talk to you about Buddha. It's not going to work that way. Why? Because one of them is truth and one of them is a lie. They can't both work. And it's obvious, but we turn our mind like, okay, yeah, that's all true. They can't both be true. We're smarter than that. So people choose to believe a lie. Everybody that's going along with it is choosing to believe a lie. Can you believe that? We see it with those that refuse to believe that Jesus is the only way to come to God. You see, it's not just about knowing and believing there's a God. It's about the way to come to God. Then you get into the different, the different denominational beliefs and religion as it's placed. 
You can come to God through good works. You can come to God through going through this systematic class. You can go and let them teach you this and grow up in a church. Here's what they'll teach you. You can take a test. You can pass the test. They can confirm you. That guarantees you're going to heaven. Then you can, you can basically have that confidence or you can go and do these good works and you can go and, and say, hey, listen, I'm going to come and I'm going to confess to this different person and he's going to forgive my sins. You've got all different ways people say that you can come to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So that's the truth of God's Word. And if you say anything against that truth, that you can only come to God through Jesus, then it is a what? But when society says you can come to God in all kind of different ways, as long as it's spiritual to you and your God and this God, whatever you claim is God, then it is a lie. And if you go along with that lie and say, yes, however you want to worship, then you're lying too. You've believed a lie, and you've joined a society that is believing a lie. Why? Because it works better to believe that lie. Everybody can just pretend that we're on the same page and there's no accountability, but we'll cover that later. We see it with those that refuse to believe that God's Word is true. Can I tell you something? This is the inerrant Word of God. For all Scripture was given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. This is what God gave us, right? His Word. And, and Jesus even said His Word is truth, what comes from God. This is God's mind, and He puts it in Word. So understand, there's people that refuse to believe that His Word is true. That's why I had you participate in the same thing that we do every week. What did we stand up and do? We held up the Word of God. Why do we hold up the Word of God? It's the standard of truth. It's what we measure the truth by. And so here's the thing. If you want to have the lines blurred between what's truth and what's a lie, then take the authority out. Take God's Word out. Do you know how many churches today are being able to have a service without God's Word? And then when there's a message that's preached, they'll put it on a screen. They'll cherry pick several verses out of several different versions. They'll put them up there to make it sound what they want to say. And then you'll leave there knowing that you've at least had something somewhere that verified what somebody was speaking to you. I'm unmasking the lie this morning. But not me. God's truth unmasks his lie. There are those which refuse to accept what God calls sin. We see this a lot today. It was wrong 20 years ago. It was wrong 30 years ago. How many people are sitting here now that have been saved, or maybe you weren't saved then, but you knew what was wrong 20 or 30 years ago, and all of a sudden those things that were blatantly wrong, society has said, it's okay. We have a different way of thinking about it. That They do away with and refuse to accept what God calls sin, what His truth calls sin. We see it with those who refuse to believe that God judges sin. We see it with people not only refuse to believe it, they don't want to hear the truth, and they don't want anyone else to hear the truth. There are people that become violent about this right not to have God's Word spoken. They don't want to hear it. They don't want anybody else to hear it. There are laws right now that are trying to be passed in some of our states that are trying to ban the Bible because it speaks against clearly people who have alternative lifestyles. So it's a hate book. 
So they're trying to change the truth of God into a lie. And then trying to ban it. And then our mind, when we begin to, to use a lie to judge the truth, and we can even in the name of, of saying, okay, listen, I'll give you an example. I watched a story on the news, a nice little tear-jerking story. Uh, there's a young baby that's over in England, and he had a condition, and his parents didn't want him um, to be taken off of life support. Anybody see this? And so, so, of course, the parents were saying, we don't want him to be taken off of life support, but, but the laws there... The laws there were such to where, hey, listen, they had to take him off of life support, and the hospital was going to take him off of life support, and everybody was just upset about it. And you had people that were, that were campaigning because, hey, here's this child that's been on life support. And listen, you had, you had thousands of people internationally around the world, millions of people that were into this, and then it was a big news story. And so people are saying, that's wrong. They're determining that wrong, which, which yes, God's the giver of life and the taker of life. But listen, we're looking over millions of babies that are killed every single year by people who make a choice, and we facilitate it, and we accept it. What's wrong? That's sin, but that's not sin because it's six months further down the road? Why do you think? They're trying to stand against laws to have these mothers come in and see that baby alive when they do the ultrasound. Praise God for the pregnancy support center that wants them to come in and be able to see that child, that life that's in there. Why? Because the child is alive. But is that the way everybody feels? No. You know what they're choosing to believe? A lie. A lie. You see, before we think about those people, we need to consider ourselves. You see, man has a naturally selfish nature that doesn't want to hear or believe something that points out something that they are doing that is wrong or that they need to change. Even if it's true, they don't accept that it's true. You have that, I have that. We don't want to hear something that, that tells us we're wrong, do we? Even if it's true. What if it means we're going to have to change something? I don't want to hear that. I would rather believe something that I want to believe. So understand this. Even Christians, because we sit here and we think about, yeah, the lost world, the lost world. I don't want to talk about the lost world right now. I want to talk about us. Christians also battle with this. Even Christians battle with the desire to believe a lie. You do, and I do. Because there's a part inside of you that wants to believe a lie. The devil knows what that part is. You see, I've heard people tell me, people that have been in service, they know they're in a position of being out of the will of God. They say, wow, I haven't seen you. Why aren't you coming? I just don't want to keep hearing that I need to be faithful, that I need to stop doing this sin. I don't want to keep hearing it. Exactly. You say, I can't believe that. It's in you too. It's in all of us. I don't want to keep hearing what I'm doing wrong. I don't want to keep hearing that God says I need to quit this or I need to change. I don't want to keep hearing it. So if I don't want to keep hearing it, I don't come. And then, if I can get with somebody else that doesn't want to hear it, then it's easy, e even easier for me not to come. And then there are those who are going through difficult times in their life. These people are saved. 
Maybe it's a marriage problem. Maybe it's a repetitive sin, but they, they don't want to come and talk about it. Reach out to them and say, hey, come talk about it. Or somebody says, hey, go talk about it. They don't want to hear the truth. They say, and I quote, I already know what you're going to say. I've heard this a bunch of times. Pastor, I already know what you're going to say. Meaning, you're going to tell me what the Bible says. Not that any glory to me if I'm just telling them what the Bible says. You're going to tell me what the Bible says, but they don't want to hear it. They don't want to believe it. If someone doesn't want to hear what the Bible says, then they don't want to hear the truth. If you don't want to hear the truth, then what do you want to hear? Every one of us, there's a part in us that wants to believe a lie. Is anybody willing to admit it this morning? See, what we fail to understand is that if we reject the truth, then we're choosing to believe a lie. If you reject the truth, you're choosing to believe a lie. God's not the only one trying to speak to us. The devil is trying to speak to us also, and the devil will always speak against what God is saying is true. He has from the beginning, always. So we're drawing a clear line between right and wrong, between good and evil, between truth and lie this morning. The devil always had. Genesis 3 and the serpent was more subtle than any other creature. That means sneaky. You know what he said? God didn't really say that you couldn't take it. It's not what he meant. He knew that if you took that fruit and you ate that fruit, then you would become to know as much as him and you would be like God. So listen, looks good, it feels good, and that's what God was trying to say. So he changed the truth of God into a what? Lie. And then Eve accepted it. And because Eve accepted it, it became easier for Adam to accept it. The lie came from the devil. It was what they wanted to hear because they'd walk by that tree every day and said, man, only one treat we can't have. Only one thing we can't do. Listen, look how good that looks. I can smell the blossoms when I go by. You see, that's the same way that sin is. It always looks good. It always seems like something that we want because we can't have. And guaranteed, guaranteed to you and me, the devil will tell us what we want to believe so that we'll partake in it, won't he? He knows us. So I ask you today, if you know the devil's trying to speak to you also, and the devil will always speak against what God is saying is true, wouldn't it be easy to recognize what we're being lied to about by the devil? And the answer is no, because the devil tells us a lie that we really want to believe. I see it all the time. He tells us a lie that we, that we really want to believe. A lie that we want to accept because it either gives us the right to do something that our flesh wants to do that God says we shouldn't, or it gives us a reason not to do what God says we should be doing. I see him lying all the time, and people, it's almost like people want to believe it. 
in marriage counseling, as you sit in front of people and people are convinced that, hey, listen, this is what was right. My marriage was going nowhere. We couldn't do this and we couldn't do this. And I just couldn't see because this person has so many issues and that has so many issues. And understand, they've been audience to the devil telling them lies. When you make a covenant in front of God and you go to him and ask him for help, he can help. And then you see these different things where people say, well, yes, I started doing this, and I, started, I know it wasn't right, but I started doing it. It's almost like the devil gives us a reason to do something. We really wanted to do it, but once he gives us a reason, it makes it easier. You think about the, the sin that might come into somebody's life. And it comes in sneakily this way. All of a sudden, the devil says, I'm going to lie to him today, and I'm going to tell him that really he's been a failure in life. He's nobody. Even as a Christian, I'm going to make him doubt that God's even real. I'm going to try to get him to challenge God by asking God, well, why would these bad things be happening in my life? I'm, I'm going to get him to doubt, and then once I have that confusion in there, I'm going to convince him that he has no value at all, that he's not even worth anything, and he's going to be discouraged and he's going to go out and he's going to think, hey, listen, since I don't have anything and my days are terrible, I'm going to turn to something that maybe at least will just take the edge off of life as hard as it is. So I'm either going to start drinking or I'm going to start smoking pot or I'm going to start doing this drug or maybe the doctor will give me a prescription that will take the edge off. And then we've almost justified that we need this to do it. And all of a sudden this sin's become something that we believe. And it's really a lie that started with him talking about our self-value. But here's the thing. We've let the truth lay open right here and not read it. The truth says that once you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have value. You're a child of God. You have so much value that God said, I I will give you the ultimate gift of love. I'll give my son to be beaten and bludgeoned and die for you because you have value even as a sinner. God commandeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. And then, then he'll keep loving us. And so I become a child of God. And if I become a child of God, then I have my value. And I say, well, listen, I've got value because God's given me that value in Jesus Christ. So no matter what anybody tells, to, tells me, I can't go thinking I'm not worth anything. But I've got to keep hearing this by the word. It's got to be something that's fed to me. When I choose to get away from that, then the devil will get in my mind and he'll start lying to me because I really want to believe it. It gives me an excuse to do something, doesn't it? I think this master lie, as far as that's concerned, that you need some kind of outside influence, something to manipulate your mind, some kind of drug or some kind of, of stimulant or some kind of depressant or something that can get your mind to a different point. You need that in order to be able to function. You need that to be able to, to take the edge off to get to this place. Listen, I want... It's almost like you wish you could do an experiment and you could go back and you could call all those people that believed that lie and took that course and they realized that, hey, they've lost their family. They've lost their peace of mind. Walk around with one of these social workers or people that are going into broken homes because of drugs and alcohol. Go in some of these places where you see what it's done and see how much joy and peace that's there that was promised by this lie of the devil. 
You'll see. And then by our own sin nature, it becomes easier to believe a lie if it's a lie that other people are believing also. If there are a group of people who are rejecting the truth of God and believing a lie from the devil, then it makes it easier for us to accept the lie because others are doing it. Don't you know that we see this in our society today? Where other gods and other religions are accepted and glorified because the devil's lie is that we're good if we accept all beliefs and that Christians are bad because they believe there is only one God. You realize that? Well, you have to. If you read the paper this week, you realize how sensationalized it was that we brought all these people together to have the truth of all the spirits revealed, even in our, even in our city. Sad. Why? Because there's only one truth. And if you say there's any other truth, then you've promoted the lie. You're no different than these children that stood here and said, hey, listen, we're not going to say anything. Here's the problem. We've stopped calling out lies. You say, well, we can't do that because that offends people. Listen, Jesus Christ offended more people than any other preacher that ever walked the face of the earth. Why? Because he spoke the truth. But understand, people don't want to hear the truth. They would rather believe what? And it's in me and you too. I want you to understand. We see this evident even in Christian churches that have accepted the devil's lie that says that we can live however we want to, even if it goes against God's word. As long as we don't talk about God's truth, no one will get offended. So this is the way of the progressive church. What do you mean? Well, this is the devil's lie in the local church. If no one gets offended, then the church will grow. And if the church grows, then it's a good thing. So no matter how someone chooses to live, we will accept that lifestyle and we won't say anything about what God's Word says. The truth really is, and we can assemble together and base our actions on good works and acceptance of any lifestyle, even if it goes against the basic truth of God's Word. As long as nobody brings it up and we all can agree to look over what God really says, then we can all be unified. Does that sound familiar? But what they don't understand is that they're all unified in a lie. And that people are flocking to the places to believe what feels good. As Paul told Timothy, he said, hey listen, in the last days there'll be people that will turn away from the truth. They'll seek out teachers having itching ears. They'll want to hear what they want to hear, what doesn't offend them. So the popular, the popular message is a message that doesn't offend. It doesn't require you to change. It doesn't require you to repent. But it won't bring you closer to God. It'll actually let you start living the same lie that the devil started it all with. And when you start determining there's no difference between right and wrong, then not only are you going to see it in your household, you'll begin to see it in your children's household and the next generation. Because when the truth is put away and the lie is sensationalized and it's accepted, then the line between truth and lie goes away and God says, I will let you live in your own lie if you continue to refuse it.
the wrath of God was revealed. Can I take you back in Romans 1 to those who held the truth and unrighteousness? 2 Thessalonians 2, I will give them over. I will send them strong delusion, meaning, hey, you can't even understand the truth now that you've rejected it so many times. You say, well, then what is your cause? Are you just here today? Listen, I've got the same cause that Jesus has to be able to share the truth because there are still people who will be able to accept the truth and accept Jesus Christ. Do you realize that all these things we've talked about today comes from people that say, in their congregations too, that I would rather hear the truth than a lie, I would rather believe the truth than a lie? Just like us. Nobody's going to say, lie to me. They want to hear the truth, it's just that they accept the truth is this. And listen, I think about this, the lie that the devil begins to tell to our young people. I saw them stand up here and sing today. And he starts this way. You know, once they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and they live as youth that are saved, and they get into a situation to where the devil begins to tell them, listen, you don't have a lot of people that are connected to you. They don't realize this because nobody's enforcing for them to come to a youth group or anything like this. And they get out on this island where they're thinking, I've got to get accepted by somebody. So the devil says, hey, listen, all these other people, they'll accept you if you do what they tell you to do. It's a lie because it goes against the truth of God. But they begin to do it because they want acceptance. And the devil tells them that's the way they get it. So they begin to do that. And they get involved in that sin, which was lied to them about, but they accept that it's truth because everybody else is doing it. And so as they begin to do that, they get further and further away from the Lord. And then as that happens, something miraculous happens. As they go through more school and get more education, they begin to think that they're more intelligent than anybody in the world, especially the parent that's telling them or advising them. But seeing that that parent didn't choose to live by the Word of God, and they choose to accept truths that are not, that are not truths of God, but, but that, that they've compromised it, then that child has a past with their own intelligence because they can stand and say this and they've done away with the truths of God. They begin to determine their own truth and their own lie. If you don't believe it, well, just look at our high school and college campuses from every issue that stands blatantly against the Word of God and see how they are champions to the cause, even those that don't even know what they're talking about. They just want to come along with it because it's against God because they've accepted the lie and rejected the truth. And sin is glorified instead of pointed out. The only one that's pointed out and stood against is the one that speaks on behalf of the truth. Young people know this. Don't believe a lie. Be humble in your belief. You are not smarter than everybody else. You're dumb to think that. You don't need to be accepted by somebody who accepts something that is sin against God and accept the lie. It won't bring you peace. It'll take you down the wrong road. You don't need to do behavior or accept behavior that God speaks about. It's a lie that the devil's trying to teach you. 
You say, what makes you authority? Because I believed a lie. I believed a lie and it took me away from the Lord. And my lie grew and grew. Even when the, when the Lord was calling me to preach, listen to the lie I believed. At 16 years old, I told God, I told God, me, intelligent man, I told God, I don't want to be a preacher. I want to make a lot of money. I want to have things. I don't want to farm my life away and be like all these other. I want to go out and do things and I want to make a lot of money and I want to enjoy all the things people are doing. I want to enjoy some of these pleasures and I can't do this. For all those years, God gave me over to my own thinking of my own lies and let it happen. Can I tell you how sad a person is that has a lot of money but doesn't have any peace or joy? See, you actually get what you want, but you're miserable. And to go and participate in those pleasures, it was a lie. It was supposed to make me happy. It didn't make me happy. I could go back and tell you just the train wreck that happened because of me participating in those things that God clearly said are wrong. It was sin. I accepted it as the truth, but it was a lie. I knew it was a lie, but I wanted to believe a lie. You say, well, look at you. You're here preaching. You're here doing this and that. Yeah. Yeah, you're seeing this part today. You weren't with me on a day-to-day basis when life was lonely and I didn't want to live it. You weren't with me when I had nobody around me. You weren't with me when I even lost the ability to cry because my heart was so hard. You weren't with me when I lost my peace and my joy. And no matter how hard I worked, I went two steps back instead of frontwards. You weren't with me when I couldn't find love in my life. You weren't with me in that time. You're seeing this today. Guess what? I'm preaching about me. And it'll hit you. Because if you believe a lie, you'll go down that same path too. If you chase it into drug use, if you chase it into sexual immorality, if you chase it into believing something that society says, you will go down that same path. It's the punishment of believing a lie when you have the truth right in front of you. You know, in saying all that, I I need to say that there's a different kind of person, though. I see that kind of person in our church, and I praise God for it. It's a person that hears the truth. They hear the truth of God's Word. They respond to the truth. They accept the only way of salvation, which is Jesus Christ. They accept the truth, and then they they continue to seek the real truth that comes from God. They want to hear the truth of God, even if it goes against what they want to do or against what others tell them they should do or society says they should do. They're truth seekers. We got some truth seekers in here. They're coming out all the time and they're saying, hey, you stepped on my toes or you're ringing my bell, but I'm still going to come. I'm still going to come. Why? Because I would rather hear the truth than believe uh, what? Even if it hurts. You see, you stop hearing that truth. Stop hearing that truth and the devil's going to start telling you and your wife, y'all can't work it out. You're not even attracted to them anymore. That you deserve better. 
they're going to start telling the young people that there's more things to enjoy in life besides this. And is this really real? And listen to all the other intelligent people around me. And that you can make your own way because you're 18 or 19 or 20. And it becomes truth. You react on that truth, but it's not truth. It's a lie. You see, they know that the only way that they can have a good relationship with God is to live a life that pleases Him. Live a life trying to obey Him. So they want to know the real truth. Do you know that if we don't continually hear the real truth of God, we'll begin to want to believe a lie? I'll tell you what, I can prove it to you if you're willing to be honest this morning. Anybody here willing to be honest? I want you to be honest this morning. If you have ever chosen to remove yourself from the continual hearing of the truth, whether it be in a, a service of God, your Bible reading, or whatever, if you've ever done this in your Christian walk, and then immediately you went off course, lost your peace, got away from God, would you raise your hand right now? I want you to look around. That is the witness of those. When you remove yourself from the truth, you are more apt to believe a lie. Now, I have to tell you that, you know, I don't know how far we get through this, and I'll have to find a place to stop, but I want to ask a certain number of questions before we stop, if you're willing to listen, are you? Thank you, Jim. Me and you, Jim. How do we know if we're hearing a lie or believing a lie? And here's the answer. The only way that you know if you're hearing a lie or believing a lie, because you don't need anybody else to tell you a lie. The devil will tell you a lie inside of your head. You don't need anybody. My worst companion is me. I can think myself into a pickle, can't you? But it's not just me. You see, the only way that you know whether you're hearing a lie or believing a lie, the answer is, is to weigh it against the truth. A lie is only a lie if you weigh it against the truth. So we have the truth in, in these different ways. First of all, God is the God of truth. All truth comes from God. Truth originates with God. I'll be able to show you something that, that I think is beautiful. It just, all truth comes from God. It, it's, it's, it's like David said in Psalms 31. He said, into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. In Deuteronomy 32, 4, he said, he is the rock. His, per, his work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth without iniquity, just and right is he. Understand something. God created every single thing. Everything was created by God. He knows all. He created all. Everything that is real came from God, so it is reality. God is the God of reality. All truth comes from Him. It is inca he's incapable of lying. As the Bible points out, He cannot have iniquity in Him. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to sin. So all truth comes from God. 
And then what does God give us? God gives us his word. This is the word of truth. This is what we have. This is the infallible word of truth which gives us God's mind. Now don't minimize the Bible. When you stop reading the Bible and you start reading what people write about the Bible, you're in trouble. Stop, stop just reading that. Nothing wrong with reading what they write about it, but take the Word of God and use it as your standard. Because there are people that the devil is trying to influence, influence that are writing these things. And they'll slip a little bit in here and slip a little bit in here and slip a little bit in here. So that's why the Bible tells us to test the spirits in 1 John, right? Test the spirits to see which ones are from God. The word of truth. If you shut the word of truth, you've shut an avenue of truth. Now, when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, not only have you accepted the God of truth, not only has He given you His written word of truth, then you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And I love what John, how John describes as Jesus speaks in John 16. He's saying, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you the Spirit of truth. Because the Holy Spirit will tell us. It'll convict us. It'll lead us. It'll guide us. You have all these things to tell us what's true. But we still have the capacity to believe a lie. I want to state something here basically about truth as far as definition. Truth is anything that is consistent with the mind of God, the character of God, the will of God, the glory of God, and the words of God. That's truth. If we were to Put it in another phrase, anything that originates with God is truth. The simple definition of truth is anything that comes from God. That's truth. Now, if we were to find truth, and I would say, hey, tell me what truth is, then you might say something like the state or quality of being true. That's what Webster said. And then you might say, hey, the definition of true. What, what makes something true? If it agrees with the facts, then it's true, right? Well, understand something. Basically, you're saying that truth is the way things really are. When somebody represents something as false, that's not the way it really is, right? So, if you're saying truth is what really is, then God is the inventor, the author, the creator of reality. Then in God, all truth lies in Him. When you step outside of that, then you would be introduced to someone else who is different than God, who, re who refused the truth. You see, the truth is what you measure a lie against. If you go back to these scriptures we've talked about, Romans 1 and 2 Thessalonians 2, God is speaking of people who have rejected the truth. They've chosen to believe a lie. Strong words for them, but I give you the strong words of Jesus. You, you might say, why is it important to know that God is the God of truth? Why do we have to know that God is our source of real truth? Here's the answer, because that's the ultimate decision that every human being will have to consider and make a decision about. What do you mean? The decision that you make will determine whether you have fellowship with God while you live on this earth, or whether you'll spend eternity with life in God, with God or in hell. What decision? A decision about the truth. What you think truth is. I'll break it down this way. We have to accept the truth of God's Word that tells us that we're 
separated from God because He is righteous and true and we are not. What does the Bible tell us in Romans chapter 3? There's none righteous, no, not one. What does He tell us in verse 10? There's none righteous, no, not one. What does He tell us in verse 23? That all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We can't measure up to the glory of God. What does He tell us in His Word? Listen, that we have to come to Him and confess to Him, Romans 10, 9. Confess to Him. Believe with our heart that God raised Him from the dead and we shall be saved. That's the Word that came out of the Word. That's the truth that came out of the Word. It tells us that God loves us, doesn't it? He loves us so much He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the truth if you choose to believe it. You see, when you get saved, you're basically accepting the truth about Jesus, that He is the only one that you can come through to get to God, that you are a sinner and that you have to ask Him to forgive your sins. Not that you believe He existed, but you have to accept the whole truth. Praise God He gave us a way to come into fellowship with Him. He sent Jesus into this world. You see, Jesus is the fulfillment of God's truth as a sacrifice for our sin. The decision that we have to make is do we accept the truth of God? We accept the truth of God by accepting Jesus as our Savior. He's the only way to come to God. Do you believe that? Well, do you know that you're in a world that doesn't believe that? A world that's chosen to believe a lie for the sake of what's popular to believe or society or what won't offend somebody? We are actually doing a disservice to everyone else if we stand by and let the devil preach his lie and we don't proclaim like these children did, no, that's wrong, that's wrong, according to the truth. And that's going to make you really popular. It's going to make you popular with God. You're going to have his peace. You won't have it without. You're going to see lives changed. You're going to see souls saved, and you're going to feel better about yourself. You think about the purpose of Jesus, and I think about what we're told in the book of John, in the first chapter describing him. That God wanted his truth. He revealed his truth in Jesus. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son, full of grace and truth. Later on in verse 17, he says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth were given by Jesus Christ. When Pilate stood in front of Jesus in John chapter 18, and Pilate asked him, Are you a king? Jesus answered and said, You sayest, I am a king. To this end I was born. But listen to this phrase. For this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth, heareth my voice. But yet we have the capacity to believe a lie. You see, this is pretty big because Jesus is saying, for this cause I came into the world, for this reason I came into the world, my purpose for coming was to bear witness to the truth. He came to this earth to reveal God's truth to us. He's the revelation of God's truth. Jesus came so that we could come to God by accepting God's truth. In order for us to accept Jesus as our Savior, we have to believe and accept God's truth. Why do you think there's such a campaign against it? If I were the devil... 
Remember Paul Harvey? If I were the devil, then I would make a campaign against the truth. That's what he's done. I know that you hear some pretty strong things when, and when you hear in the Bible a phrase in 2 Thessalonians it says because they received not the love of truth that they might be saved and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You're thinking hey listen th this hard preaching about somebody is going to be condemned and, and damned because they, they believed a lie then you're missing the first part. Because they refused the truth of the love of God. God always issues His love. And as we've talked about here in our studies on Wednesday night, I don't hate anybody that's sinning. I hate the sin. Because I know what it did to me. I know that it separates you from God. But I don't hate the sinner. I love the sinner. And God loves the sinner. And before we start thinking about how we're better than somebody else. Consider, you have, the, you have the capacity to believe a lie also. The devil gets in your mind, starts convincing you of these things, and then you find somebody to agree with you, and you join this group that believes in that thing, whether you're a young person or somebody at work or people you start running with or somebody that you've joined a group on the website. And all of a sudden, you're part of a group that believes the same way as you do, and it makes it easier to believe a lie makes it easier to go on, but the end of a lie, the end of a lie is the reward of Satan. What do you mean? Well, let me describe him. Jesus says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he does it all sneaky-like. He takes the truth, and he distorts it so you'll believe a lie. Is this important? Absolutely. If we aid and abet a society that is promoting a lie, then we're going along with the lie. We're as guilty as anybody else. You have to stand for the truth. Not my truth. I don't have any truth. It's God's truth. Don't believe my opinion. It's got to be backed up with truth. Truth. I don't have any authority. I'm somebody prone to lie and be lied to just like you are. Believe God's word. His word is truth. Today, there'll be two different kinds of people listening. There may be somebody here today that says, hey, listen, I have believed in the idea of God. And I've tried to be good. And I was raised in church. And Listen, I know God and I believe Jesus died for me. Listen, you have to come through him. There has to be a time in your life when you ask him to forgive you, when you ask him to, to use that blood that he shed on the cross to forgive your sins. Because if not, you could be in that number that he says in the book of Matthew, there'll be many that say to him, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And he said, I never knew you. You never came into a personal relationship with him. You never asked him to save you. Not learned about it. But ask him today, don't believe the lie that says if you know about God, 
Don't believe the lie that says you can come to God by any other way. You have to come through Jesus Christ. And if you've never done that, I do invite you to come today. I want to pray with you. You can leave here knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have accepted the truth. But Christian, you know when we hear this, and so many times piously we look out and we think, I hope the other people heard this that needed to hear it. We need to hear it. We're prone to believe a lie. We're living in a society that people lie to you all the time. I haven't listened to a newscast in I don't know how long from no matter what station that hasn't fabricated their lie into the the network of whatever they're trying to say because their job is to be able to facilitate the devil's lie. It's like if nobody says anything about it and everybody jumps on this thing, we'll all be okay. And so our country, our society, our county, our city becomes unified in a lie. His way is the truth. You say, what do I do? I want to be able to recognize the truth. Do you know that God tells us if if you want to be able to recognize the lie, you have to weigh it against the truth? Do you realize that if you ask God for a clear perception of what the truth is, you seek Him and you come in front of Him and say, God, I want to live for you, more devoted to you. I want to enjoy the peace. I want to enjoy what you're willing to give me. I don't want to question you. I don't want to do these things. I just want to enjoy the peace that you're going to give me. You know what? He'll strengthen you and give you such wisdom to be able to identify what is true and what is a lie. He will bolster the spirit inside of you that will identify, you shouldn't listen to that. My strength comes from the Lord. Your strength comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength, right? Ask him for it this morning. You're either here listening, you've never accepted the Lord, or maybe you have and you're that Christian, and you need to ask him for that strength because the devil keeps speaking lies to you. He speaks lies to you about your self-worth. He speaks lies to you about your marriage. He speaks lies to you about your value and your position. If you're a young person, if you're in the workplace, he speaks lies about some sin that you keep wanting to create. He speaks lies about what you think about other people, and he keeps feeding these things in there, and you need to be able to put them away. Come and ask God for that strength. He'll give you that strength. And if you're living in that peace right now where you have that strength, then come and pray for somebody else. We're getting ready to have an invitation. That means you'll have a chance to respond to the word. You, not somebody else, you. And do you realize the devil will be lying all over this place? Don't get up. Hey, it's it's later than I wanted to be here. Don't get up. I hope nobody else gets up. Don't get up and go up there or people will know you've got a problem. Hey, I want to be able to breach those lies. Anybody in here got a problem, go ahead and raise your hand. All right, the world's full of people that's got problems. The place is full of people that's got problems. Nobody's going to think anything about you. Come to God this morning. Make it right with Him. The devil's going to lie to you and tell you, hey, listen, this is not going to change anything. You've just heard what the truth will do to you. And we never even got to our text in John 8, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Come this morning and experience what it's like to live in the truth 
and put that defense up against the lies. Ask God to be able to empower you this morning. Use this time. Father God, I love you and I praise you and I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for the chance just to be able to speak on your behalf. I thank you for the truth of your word. I pray, God, that you would continue to minister to us, Lord. Lord, I pray that nothing would quench the spirit in here right now. I pray that the devil is banned from being able to influence minds in here, that the spirit has such a, a power over this place, God, that we can see exactly what you want us to see about ourselves. Show us the truth about ourselves, Lord. If we're believing a lie about something, God, convict us, show us. And Lord, I pray this morning that the response to your message is overwhelming, that people all over this place, Lord, they look at their lives the way you've made me look at mine and see, Lord, what I've chosen to live that was truth or lie. Lord, I pray for the lost this morning. Save souls. Let them believe the truth and the only way to come to you, Father, through your son, Jesus. Lord, move in this place, I pray today in Jesus' name. Amen.